Yo, what's going on, everyone? I am Tommy, and that is Gary. Woo Gambinos. Start off with MLB talk. I know we've been saying we'll get into it, so here we go. I was watching some baseball last night, Dodgers-Padres, another great game. Sadly, the Dodgers did lose in extra innings, but I noticed two new rule changes. And, and you know, I really changing the way that we watch MLB, so I kind of wanted to hop into them and talk about them a little bit. Yeah, so um, for anyone who doesn't know, the I think you're referring to, especially since you mentioned uh, extra innings, is that runners now start on second base uh, at the beginning of any extra inning. Uh, I think it is, uh, you know, just trying to speed up the pace of play so you don't have these 14, 15 inning games and, and make them more exciting. You know, I, I think baseball is really trying to figure out how to get people more engaged, more involved. You know, baseball is looked at as America's pastime. You know, it's a four hour game. You kind of snooze through. And I, I'm a big fan of what, what's your thoughts? It's definitely interesting. Uh, it reminds me a lot of uh, college football. You know how they start at the 25-yard line or whatever, and they got to get in. They could hit a field goal or, or whatever. But That's definitely, a good comparison. It reminds me of that a lot. Uh, with these changes, it, it, to me, it's really changing the game of baseball. So like you said, it is changing it, and maybe they are trying to change it for the better for the casual. But as uh, someone like myself who really has enjoyed baseball, played it, my favorite sport, so I you know, came up on it a little bit, um, it, it definitely it looks almost like a new sport. Uh, it's kind of similar when they when they stopped the intentional walks. You don't have to throw your four pitches anymore. It's just you could send them to the give them a weird sign. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It's weird to see. I was I was like surprised. It was my first extra innings game that I'd seen this season, so it caught me off guard. I I thought I missed something. They came back from commercial break and somebody was on second, and I said, "Okay, we missed something." <laughs> and then they went on to uh, talk about it a little bit, and I was like, "Okay, so I guess it's the last person that was recorded out the inning prior uh, goes on to second base." And you're right. It definitely will speed up. I believe the game only went to 11 innings. It could have been 15 if it was, you know, the old rules. It's definitely interesting. Uh, whether or not it's better for the league, I definitely think it's better for the casual. And I think that that's really what they're aiming towards. And, and realistically and in life, uh, I think we start to see basically everything is trending towards the casual. Like you could look at video games and, and really anything. And, and people are really just trying to appeal to the casual because that's going to be the yeah, I think another good comparison is like with golf, where you see, um, you know, golf courses are, are doing a lot to make guys like Bryson DeChambeau and other guys, you know, be able to hit as far as they want and as far as they can because it gets the casual fan engaged. I think this is another great example for baseball, which I do think, like, you know, kind of struggles at, at, at getting viewership as opposed to you know, your NBA and your NFL, which is definitely your top two sports, at least in the U.S., as far as watching. So, you know, I'm all for it and I do agree that. You know, most people are just casuals, and if you can get more viewership, that's really all they're going for. Yeah, the second rule change that we're in the season is that uh, both games of a doubleheader are actually seven-inning games. Uh, that's extremely interesting. That brings me back to play single, whatever, or whatever it was when we were young kids and we played six-inning games. Like, it, it's really weird to think about that these guys are only playing seven innings in a baseball game. Yeah, I originally thought it was just the second half of the doubleheader was seven innings, but now that it's both, that is quite weird. You know, I think I think in college they play seven inning games, and, and like you mentioned, you know, when you're 11 and 12 years old, you play six inning games, so it definitely sounds weird. And I mean, one weird ramification, uh, you know, I saw uh, Massimo Gardner had a no hitter uh, since it was only a seven inning game, though so it does not count in the record books. I, it's a really weird ramification. I don't think that uh, some of the players knew was going to happen going into this new rule change. Yeah, it's really bizarre. I mean, it's also similar to something you compare to now the NFL is moving to 17 games. It's like the stats. Like 
how are they going to translate? And this is the perfect example right here that Mad Bum's not going to get the no hitter. Uh, I was watching Jalen and Jacoby actually the other day, and, and or maybe it wasn't Jalen, maybe it was uh, I can't remember. Pardon the interruption or something. They were talking about how it really Bad Bum doesn't need this no hitter. That's true. Uh, I mean, he was the best pitcher in baseball when when the Giants won the World Series. I mean, fuck the Giants, but he was an <laughs> amazing pitcher. So he doesn't need the no hitter, but it's definitely you know. It, Sucks when you go out and you know pitch such an amazing game and you don't really get that that credit that you deserve. Uh, another thing to talk about, you know, um, it was the Diamondbacks and Braves in a doubleheader. The Diamondbacks had one hit um, through fourteen of the doubleheader. That's that's atrocious, man. I don't know what they were up to. I don't know. I guess these baseballs aren't, aren't juiced anymore. I know that was a big uh, area concern people were talking about. You know, previous years with all the home runs being hit, maybe the those that the uh that the dynamax were hitting were not juiced at all yeah i mean maybe maybe not but you know whose balls are juiced whoa my balls are juiced for this guy whoa it's, it's fernando hey, yo. <laughs> fernando tatis jr man on, on the san diego padres i know the padres and dodgers are looking to have a really good rivalry this season and and we've seen some amazing games just going back to you know sunday night and the extra innings it was a great game they came back down 7-1 and ended up beating the dodgers uh, but man, Tati Jr. is must see TV, and this is exactly what baseball needs as they try and make it more exciting. Is someone with character like Tatis to really come in and you know push the sport to the next level? Yeah, and, and I mean, uh, you know, for anyone who didn't see, he was when he, when he had a home run, he was doing a nice little dance, kind of showboating a little bit, which I know has been kind of taboo in baseball. You see guys bat flip, next thing you know, they're getting beamed by a pitch, next thing you know, you got benches being cleared. Uh, it was nice to see Trevor Bauer. You know, he, he made some comments talking about, "Hey, like, you know, uh, I, I gave up a home run. He celebrate. You know, he's he's allowed to do that." So it was nice to see from him, because I, I think you know, baseball needs any reason to to get people to watch and allowing guys to be more open with that stuff and not in the old, "Hey, you you showboat, I'm gonna hit you." I, you know, I kind of like the direction that players are kind of understanding moving towards. Yeah, I agree 100. I, I saw that Trevor Bauer quote as well, and I think that's that's pretty meaningful. And it actually made me a huge Trevor Bauer fan. Obviously, he's killing it, and he's a Dodger, so like I was I already cake. I was already there. But man, hearing that type of stuff, I think that's you know the perspective that these guys need to start moving towards and looking towards because uh, it'll definitely make the game more exciting. Um, I don't know. I, I, character is a lot when you're trying to be entertained. So someone like Fernando Tatis to can come in and you know show, have his character and not be shamed into it. I think it's really important for baseball. Yeah, and I mean, with all major sports, you know, you kind of want a figurehead or, or some guy to say, "Hey, this is this is who represents our sport." So I agree that Tatis is going to be it for quite some time. So it, it, you know, it's nice to see him being able to be himself uh, in the confines of, of baseball. Yeah, so let's go ahead and hop over to the NFL draft. It is this Thursday. I feel like it came out of nowhere. I feel like this whole COVID thing just throws everything in a loop. Everything time's just been in in its own. I don't know. I can't even really explain. But the draft is this Thursday. Uh, there are five big name quarterbacks, and I think we could all assume that they are going to all go in the first round. Uh, obviously, you have Trevor Lawrence. I believe he's a lock at the number one to the Jaguars. Totally agree. Zach Wilson looking to be a lock at two to the Jets. That was a little bit shocking. Uh, I know, you know, I, I thought Zach Wilson was kind of in the the echelon as, as far as these other four guys go, but apparently he's you know right behind Trevor Lawrence in the eyes of the the New York Jets. Yeah, I, I saw an article or, or you know a quote where he was reaching out to you know former Jets QBs, kind of picking their brains about just kind of New York in general. Uh, uh, so you know after seeing that, I do think for sure that Wilson will number two. Was a little surprised, but I, I definitely agree. I, I think with the news that's breaking that that is definitely going to happen. Yeah, and at three, is that's where you know things start to get a little interesting. We have San Francisco 49ers. Obviously, they have Jimmy G, um, but I think it's a guarantee they're looking at quarterback here. 
Um, I mean, who knows if they have Jimmy G according to you know Kyle Shanahan's comments. Yeah, he's saying some he's saying some weird stuff. But uh, so I mean, they, they're obviously looking at Matt Lance and Justin Fields, the next top three guys. Uh, I've been told, or not, I have been told. I've read that they're interested in all top five guys. I think they're okay with any of them, but. It seems to me like they're definitely leaning towards Mac Jones and Trey Lance. I think it's a big mistake. I think Justin Fields playing at Ohio State proved that he's easily right there with Trevor Lawrence as far as a one-two action. Um, so I think Sam, Sam Fran would make a huge mistake if they don't go Justin Fields. Yeah, um, you know, we're seeing more and more guys being kind of two-way players as far as being able to be mobile. You know, young guys, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson – um, some older guys, you know, Russell Wilson can move, Deshaun Watson. And, and Matt Jones is the exact opposite of that. He's like, uh, you know, I don't know if anyone saw the pictures of him after they won the national championship. Dude looks like he just found him on the corner, you know, playing pickup basketball. Does not look like, you know, a, a potential number three pick. Uh, I'm, I'm quite intrigued by this pick. This seems like the guy you'd pick 15 years ago, not one you'd pick in today's game as your, you don't know best QB in the draft yeah but with that being said Trey Lance is, is from what I've seen in his highlights he looks like he's a two-way running throwing quarterback very diverse um so I, I honestly think that's where San Fran do go Trey Lance at number three especially with, with what it's kind of looking like as it uh, comes closer to Thursday and with that being said if San Francisco does go Trey Lance we have the Atlanta Falcons here at four um a lot of the mocks have them taking Kyle Pitts tight end I don't think that's the way that I've always been a Matty Ice fan. I love Matt Ryan, but he's on the last leg of his career, in my opinion, and I don't think that he's able to limp uh, that Atlanta Falcons team into a Super Bowl contending team. So I definitely think it's important for Atlanta to look past that a little bit. And if Justin Fields is there for them at four, I think they need to take Justin Fields. Yeah. This one's tough for me because, I mean, you know, there, there's a reason why they're picking four. They got a lot of, you know, holes in, in their team, offense and defense. So, I mean, I, I don't think that, you know, a, a good Matt Ryan could lead them to a Super Bowl. So I am, you know, leaning a little bit more towards, hey, drafting a young guy, let Atlanta struggle for a year, maybe two, you know, and then three years from now have all the pieces around a guy like Fields who would really be electric to see, you know, last guy I think who, who brought that much attention at the QB position would be like a Michael Vick, you know, a dynamic two-way player. So, you know, I, 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 I'm going for it. Originally, I was questioning it, but I'm all for Fields going to Atlanta. Yeah, and wherever Kyle Pitts does fall, I think that's a great pick for for any of these teams. He is an elite talent, especially at that tight end spot. He's going to immediately join the ranks of the George Kittles, um, Travis, Travis Kelsey's, uh, the Raiders. Um, why am I blanking on his name? Uh, Walker. Yeah, no, Waller. Darren Wall Waller. There we go. He's, he's going to immediately join that company as far as the top-tier elite tight ends in the league. So I, I think wherever he falls is great. If Atlanta does decide to go there, I, I don't think it's a bad pick, but I definitely think QB is obviously the most important for them to start beginning to look at. Yeah, and, and a team you put down who, who I really didn't think of originally is Detroit at five. Do they take a QB? I mean, last season, I think they needed to. They had the chance to take guys like Herbert, Tua, Jordan Love, Jalen Hurts, um, and they didn't. And, you know, Jalen Jaco or Jalen – Big Detroit guy, big Detroit Lions fan. He he wanted Tua like badly, and I definitely thought they should have took him. They didn't, and here they are. You know, they had to trade away Matthew Stafford and bring in Jared Goff. I don't think that's a huge upgrade for Detroit. Uh, I would say that maybe it's a downgrade. So I think they definitely need to look at quarterback here. You know, Mac Jones, if he falls here at five, they don't need to start him off here. If they can, you know, ease him in behind Jared Goff, but Jared Goff's not going to be you know, a top five, top 10 quarterback in this league. So I think it's important, you know, take your jabs when you can. I think Detroit definitely needs to look quarterback here as well. Uh, 
my only pushback is, I, I mean, I, I would just like to see how much Goff has on his contract. Obviously, they're they got to be paying Goff, and you know, an arm and a leg is a huge reason why uh, he did get traded away. Um, I feel like with with everything that you're paying him, you almost have to go all in on him and put everything you can around him. Um, but I, I do agree. I, I think Detroit's kicking themselves for not drafting a Herbert or a Tua or a Love last year. I think they're going to take quarterback, but I could see why. You know, you're kind of looking the position you are. Yeah, another team to look at uh, the Panthers. They just did trade for Sam Darnold. Um, I don't think they look at quarterback here. I think they want to give Sam Darnold a run and, and you know kind of see if he can fit it in their offense and, and move forward with him. Yeah, and I mean Teddy Bridgewater's still there. You know, I, I do think they'll as being somewhat of a QB competition. But, um, you know, I see Darnold week one are starting very early in the season and Teddy Bridgewater more being a mentor uh, than being, you know, a guy that they're really expecting to be the QB. I, I definitely think moving forward, Darnold is going to be their guy, or at least potentially their guy. You know, they're obviously going to have to see how he performs. But I agree, QB not going to the Panthers. Yeah, the next team is Denver. I think they're in a similar spot to the Panthers. Uh, I think Drew Locke's still young. Bad season last year. They had, uh, what was his name, running quarterback a lot. Um, you know, I don't think they take quarterback here. I think they got some youth in their in the quarterback slot in Denver, and I think they continue to try and develop that. Uh, if one of these quarterbacks do fall the way to them, I definitely think they take a stab, but I don't think they're in dire need of a quarterback here at seven. Yeah, I agree. He definitely had a, a good end to his first season. Obviously, they drafted Jerry Judy last year, so they're they're putting some pieces around him. I do know he was a little banged up. Might need to see about protecting him a little bit better. Maybe at that seventh pick, getting on the offensive line. Uh, but but I agree. I, I would be surprised if Denver did take a QB. Yeah, and outside of San Francisco, I think the most interesting team in this draft is New England. Uh, they're drafting all the way down at 15. I think you know there's a very high possibility that we see a trade up from that 15 spot. I don't know who they're going to trap and go. Who they're going to try and trade up to grab? But yeah, they did just. Sign- Cam Newton to another year. Obviously, it was a little bit disappointing his first year in New England. Oh, a lot disappointing, I would um, say. But I, I think it's interesting. I know a lot of mocks have them moving into the top five. I believe that it's something that they can try and look to do. Uh, I, I think draft night is going to be a big one. Yeah, I, I definitely think this is the team who can definitely shake up the draft the most based on where they go. Um, obviously, you know, if something does not happen as far as trade at 15, there's not going to be a QB for them to take. I don't really know where they would draft, uh, probably best available, but I, I could see them, you know, trading up and getting a QB. I guess they're really just going to have to talk to maybe Atlanta, maybe Detroit, I think are two spots where they could definitely talk to and, and see what they can get out of it. So I would be interested to see, you know, one of those two teams make a trade with new England. Yeah, speaking of best available, we have Devontae Smith, a Heisman winner, first wide receiver to do it, uh, I believe, in the last at least 20 years. Uh, he actually weighed in at 166, six foot. Uh, a lot of teams. That's Tommy's right there. That really is. I mean, you might be able to give me an extra inch, but. Fair enough. 6'1, 165. Yeah. But uh, that too small, are, are teams going to stay away from him? What's your opinion on that? Um. So I, mean, I think there's a little bit of bias when you have guys recently like DK Metcalf come out just absolutely packed. Uh, I think you know maybe early on you're gonna have to be a little bit smart with how you play and play him in the slot, get him moving around a lot so he's not at the line of screen getting pressed. But I mean, you know, when when you get a player and you're a professional organization, you get a nutritionist, you know, and you 
dedicated. I think two years, maybe three years from now, he's going to be six foot 180, 185, and you're not going to worry about it at all. This first year, I can see there being some concerns. Um, and then also kind of, you know, injury prone being that light getting hit as much as he's going to by, you know, some grown ass men. Um, so my concern early on, but I think down the line, you know, you're, you're not really going to be hearing about it past the second, third year. Yeah, I mean, he was a superstar for Alabama this last season in college football. I, there was one game I think he had like damn near 400 yards, six stats. This dude is a star. Uh, I think his weight is a little bit concerning. But like you said, once he, you know, gets a nutritionist, gets in the weight room daily, hourly, uh, I think I don't think there's anything to worry about. I definitely think he's a first round wide receiver. I think he should be the first wide receiver off first wide receiver off the board. Uh, but I guess time will only tell. We'll, we'll see on Thursday. Yeah, I'd be surprised if uh, if from LSU gets taken before him, just based off of you know the second you draft him, what he's going to do up front. Um, I, I could definitely see some teams moving away from Smith first just due to that size concern. But I think both those two guys are going to have great careers at wide receiver. Yeah, so let's go ahead and jump over to NBA basketball. Uh, news coming out today is the Clippers signing DeMarcus Cousins for the remainder of the season. They had signed him to two 10-day contracts previously. I'm, I'm excited for DeMarcus Cousins. Um, Boogie Love, love that guy. Obviously, all of his years in Sacramento, you know, going to all the he really kept us entertained and kept the building rocking for years. Yeah, I mean, obviously, he's he's never, unfortunately, going to be able to be that same dude that he was in Sacramento. But, you know, love to hear that Boogie did make a roster for the season. You know, and he's on a good team with the Clippers, obviously. Uh, you know, they got Zubots, but they, they don't have a ton of, of players. So I definitely see him getting a good role moving forward uh, and really being able to showcase himself down at the later stretch of the season and in the playoffs. Yeah, I remember, you know, DeMarcus – one game in particular, the Portland game, um, I had seats, and I believe uh, Brandon Long, and it could have been Bobby Adam also came. I brought Ashton, um, and we had some amazing seats, probably like 10 rows off the court, uh, and they had some nosebleeds. So they would rotate by quarter who would come down and sit with me uh, in the good seats. And DeMarcus Cousins went absolutely off that game. And, and sometimes in the third quarter, uh, the people that were sitting next to us actually ended up leaving. So they came down. Uh, Brandon Bobby, I believe, came down, and the four of us were sitting right next to each other. That was the game where DeMarcus Cousins, he threw the mouthpiece, got ejected. Then they reviewed it and realized that he wasn't throwing it towards the bench, getting at the bench, whatever the situation was. He came right back out of the tunnel, ended the game with, like I believe, 56 or some crazy stat line. And then he had the interview where he was like, you know, now you can see what's going on here, blah, blah, blah. But, uh, dude, DeMarcus Cousins, he, he's given me so many great memories in Sacramento, especially in inside of Arco and, and Golden One. Um, you know, it, it, dude's a legend. Doubt, obviously, the Kings have not had a lot to hang their hat on as far as, you know, things to be proud of. Definitely, you know, any Kings fan should, should be, you know, very high on DeMarcus Cousins. Whatever he does, they should just be happy for him. Yeah, so talking about the Clippers, particularly they're 8-2. 10 uh, and these ones have been without Kawhi Leonard um I think this kind of moves Paul George into maybe some MVP top MVP but I definitely think he deserves to see some votes yeah um you know I I definitely think being outside of the top three for sure do I see him getting this place votes I could see it do I think he ends up in the top five maybe maybe fifth you know you and I have gone back and forth on who we think he is but just kind of moving down all the spots i i could see him getting some fourth fifth place votes but i don't think he finishes a top five but he definitely has been balling people are giving him a lot of a lot of shit for, for how he's played since he's been with the clippers he's definitely you know moving into into the old peach for sure 
More on this Clippers team, I think the front office did a great job bringing in guys like Rondo, Cousins, Batum, Serge Ibaka. I think they kind of definitely improved from last season's collapse in the bubble. Obviously, you lose guys like Lou Williams and Montrezl Harrell, who, you know, won co-six-man-of-the-year awards last year. But I think that they made some great moves. I think if they can ride this high moving into the playoffs, they might be a dangerous team to see uh, in the West. I, I agree for sure. Obviously, Rondo is an absolute baller. Cousins, you know, it's still a little question mark based on health, what you're going to get. But a healthy Cousins, I think, you know, is, is a good guy to have a posture. I'm not the highest on Batum, but, you know, you need big men. You, you need guys who who can fill the Montrose hair role. And I think him and Serge are, are going to do that. But, yeah, I, I like the Clippers, you know, in the West being, you know, potentially facing Lakers in the, in the Western Conference Finals. So the next news we got for you, biggest news in the NBA, in my opinion, LaMelo Ball, uh, he's set to return sometime this week. I know you definitely heard it here first. Obviously, the original reports that he was going to be out for the season. I believe that based on his injury that he was going to return the season and claim the Rookie of the Year award. You did call that. You're, you're one for one. Let's see if you go two for two. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, so, I mean, he, he's supposed to come back this week, and I think it's the best news all season for sports fans. Watching this Hornets team with the Melo Ball at the helm is, is by far one of the most exciting things to watch in the NBA. Yeah, obviously. The, the Hornets are definitely a small market team. Uh, LaMelo Ball is generational talent. Uh, you He's know, box office. He, for sure, for sure. You know, and when he plays, people are checking in. People who you know are very casual basketball fans, maybe just check the local market, are definitely checking out what the Hornets are doing. And with them in eighth place, you know, at 500, you know, I, I could see them moving up to like six. I think they're only out of six right now with, I think, Boston still in the sixth spot. You know, I can see them moving in sixth, maybe fifth with the mellow back. I think it's going to be really exciting to see what they do the last part of the season. Yeah, obviously 12 games left for them. If they can move into that sixth spot, that's huge for them because then they don't have to participate in the play-ins. Uh, so that'd be great. I definitely think if Lamelo is able to come back and, you know, really be playing how he was playing before he went down, I think they definitely have an, a shot at that sixth seed. Um, I'm really just excited to see how they can finish it out and move into the playoffs. I, that's some. That's what I'm looking forward to the most about the NBA playoffs this uh, this season is definitely Lamelo Ball and the Charlotte Hornets. Yeah, I, I definitely think they're going to get a lot of people's attention and for the super who still don't know how good Charlotte is. I think they're going to really surprise some teams moving into the playoffs. Hopefully, they don't have to do the planned games, but you know, if they do, I, I still got them. You know, making it into the actual playoffs. And next for some kitchen talk that we were having last night. I really we're, love how they, sometimes, you know, these just randomly happen and then all of a sudden turn to podcast segments. And I really like how we do I mean, this, I, this is why we're doing the podcast is because this is this is always how, how our friendship's been, our life's been. We always just randomly get into arguments or talks about sports. And that's, you know, that's why we're here. That's Big facts. We've Big done facts. it for the last 15 years. But is Kevin Durant the best scorer of all time? That is my question for you. Oh, boy. All right. So, you know, I'm just going to off some names. Uh, you know, a big guy, Kareem. Obviously, you know, most point this is tough. You know, he was he was very good at what he did. Obviously, you know, basketball back then, he was going up against, you know, the Thomas Ostafords of of the world. No, no slide on Thomas, but you know, the game back in the day, just really the talent wasn't there like it is now. Uh, he was really great at what he did, but you know, KD in, in front of him. And you got, you know, two shoes. Guards, Kobe and MJ. You know, a lot of people call MJ the GOAT. I, I can I can understand yeah. your argument, but I mean KD's man seven foot. He he 
three, he can handle. Obviously, he can finish around the rim. Nasty mid-range. Got the ball on a string. I, I got him above both those two guys. LeBron. I mean, LeBron doesn't doesn't have that three-point game that KD does. Obviously, LeBron is very explosive. And, and, you know, he's a big, especially in comparison to Kevin Durant. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm giving to KD. AI. AI was really great for, for what he did. You know, outside of Kyrie, potentially second best handles all time. But, you know, at six foot, limited on what he could do. You know, now now moving to current guys, it, him, Curry comes to mind, Harden comes to mind. What's your what's your thoughts between those three? I mean, I between those two, I think it's easy. I think Kevin Durant's definitely the best scorer out of those three specifically. Uh, Curry's obviously the best three point shooter to ever do it. So you got to give credit where it's due. He's also a great finisher inside, but Kevin Durant's seven foot frame kind of just puts him over it, up over Curry. Harden's obviously an artist uh, as a scorer. He's a beautiful scorer. Can draw contact, get fouls, make really difficult baskets. But Kevin Durant, I think that seven foot frame, you know, really separates him. You mentioned a guy like Kareem. I mean, it's fair to say he had the, you know, the most unguardable shot ever. So you expect where it's due and he is the all time leading scorer. But as far as what Kevin Durant can do, I think it's a question. And then you, like you said, Kobe, MJ, MJ, you know, one in the same really as far as, you know, their skill play and, and their talent level. MJ's obviious. You give the nod to MJ. MJ is definitely better than Kobe Bryant. But, you know, Kobe built his game around MJ's. Uh, MJ, MJ, you know, he's the second best player of all time. So, you know, there's definitely a level of scoring there that is unmatched. But he wasn't seven foot. He couldn't hit the three like KD hits the three. So that one's tough, but I think I think it's still Durant. And then you go to LeBron, who is the GOAT, but LeBron's a GOAT for many different reasons. Scoring is not his, you know, he's never said he's a scorer. He always said he, he's a distributor, and I and I see it. I think Kevin Durant is the best scorer of all time. I think he's the most unguardable player we've ever seen playing against some of the top players. It doesn't matter who's in his way. He's going to get a bucket. If he can stay healthy for the remainder, uh, remainder of his uh, – oh if he can stay healthy for the remainder of his career, I, I think you'll see a lot of people move to that top topic in discussion. And uh, I think KD will go down as the greatest scorer of all time. And if not, he's definitely top three. There's no question there. Yeah, you know, I, I, I definitely – you know, you and I are pretty similar in a lot of our reasons. Um, you know, part of me wants to give Curry, you know – all the praise he deserves because he's really changed the way basketball is played with how often threes are taken and, you know, how the way teams scheme and what they do. Um, so, so for me, that one's tough, but, but, you know, for now I, I'm, I'm willing to say Kevin Durant is just the most unstoppable best square of all time. Yeah, it just, it just seems like he must live in the gym because every, every time you watch him, it's just like something new or you're just more impressed by the, the clip he can shoot the basketball. I don't know. If he can stay healthy, I, I think it, he definitely is the greatest scorer of all time. Obviously, you know, he struggled a little bit this season coming off the Achilles injury, but I, I think he's definitely the best scorer. But, yeah, shout out to Steph. Obviously, he did change the game, and like I said, he is the greatest shooter of all time. No doubt, no doubt. To go back to an old segment we had where we provide you guys with recommendations for music, uh, TV shows, books, you know, anything that we're currently indulging in and, and we want to recommend to you guys. So I'm going to go ahead and throw it over to Gary for his uh, recommendation of the week. Yeah, so I recommend that no one, and I mean no one, reads The Mechanics of Materials 10th edition uh, by R.C. Hibbler. Uh, for me, finals week was this week, and, you know, I was going through that book, and God, it's just not a good read. So, yeah. 
But uh, on, a, on an actual more serious note, you know, anyone who's listening knows I'm a huge 90s hip-hop fan, especially East Coast. So my recommendation is the album Moment of Truth by Gangstar. Uh, two guys, DJ Premier, Hall of Fame, uh, DJ and Guru, rest in peace. Uh, album came out in 1998. Um, you know, my boy Ashton was asking for some music recommendations, and that was one of the few albums I gave him. I gave him a lot of songs, but yeah, anyone hasn't listened to it, give it a listen. What about you, Tom? Yeah, so last week's uh, guest, Ryan, actually put me onto the show Vikings. It's on Hulu. Uh, it's about the Vikings back in the day. Uh, it's very Game of Thrones-esque, amazing fight scenes, amazing battle scenes, um, great character development. I would definitely suggest it. It's about six seasons long. Uh, really, really great to watch. I'm you know, towards the end, and I binge like a maniac. Uh, as far as music goes, Corday, he just put out a four-pack and EP. Or while you wait until his album drops, uh, four great songs. Um, I would definitely go out and listen to that as well. Uh, I think his album's going to be another classic uh, after his first one. That was a classic. Yeah, I agree. I listen to those four songs. Nice to hear to Corday. Obviously, he dropped his album over a year ago. So I'll definitely be looking forward to when his album does drop. So we appreciate everyone for tuning in today. And as always, one love. Peace.